0: Matthew chapter 3. And we'll begin reading in verse number 11. John the Baptist speaking here. Says. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in His hand, and He will thoroughly purge His floor and gather His wheat into the garner, but He will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire father in the name of jesus bless our reading together bless your word touch my lips of clay that they might be set on fire of the holy spirit of god that we might preach only that which would echo what you would have to say to us we pray and ask it in jesus name and for our sake. god's people say amen Amen. thank you and you can be seated in the presence of the lord I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. I want to focus on this next part. He, that is Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Today, my subject, I want to preach to you on with the help of the Lord as I feel led of the Holy Spirit is on the subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We will have a literal baptism moments after our sermon this morning. So I thought it would be a good time to look at the full in-depth meaning of what it is to be baptized into the family of God. I need to tell you that it's more than a ritual. I need to tell you that it's more than a formality. It is more than just going through some cute little motions and, and checking off your, uh, something off of your religious to-do list. Amen. Uh, God wants this to become not just a part of your life, but all of your life. If you look up the word baptized, it literally means fully wet. The idea is to be completely submerged, completely covered, completely saturated, and completely soaked. This identifies for us the reason that Jesus gave to us one of the two ordinances of the church, which is baptism. Uh, to, by, by way of full immersion so that we could learn what it looks like in image form uh, to be completely buried with Christ in baptism and raised with him in newness of life. It is a complete and total transformation. You need to understand that God wants to do more than to sprinkle you with religion. Now I don't mean to be offensive to anybody who's been sprinkled or christened or the such uh, but I want you to understand the reason that Baptists baptize in full immersion is because that's the way that Jesus was baptized and that's the way he wanted us to get a picture of what it looked like spiritually when God moves into your life. That is God doesn't want to just touch a little bit of your forehead or just a little bit of your hands or a little bit of your chest God wants you to be completely soaked saturated, submerged and covered with and filled by the very presence of God in your life it is a total takeover for the Christian who has surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ somebody shout amen this morning and this is what it means to be baptized or completely saturated in the Holy Spirit of God. It's not so much that we need more of the Holy Spirit because we we are given as much of the Holy Spirit as we will ever be given the moment that we place our faith in Jesus Christ. But it is how much more does the Holy Spirit need of you and me. Some of you just want to kind of step down into the baptismal waters, ankle deep. Uh, and that's about as far as you want to go with God and your walk with God and in your Christianity but that's not what God meant or intended or is looking for in your life God doesn't want to just be a part of your weekly routine on a Sunday morning uh, but he wants to turn your life upside down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday and Saturday and if there was another day he'd get it too Amen. Uh, I'm telling you God wants to capsize your boat. He wants to change your life. And the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Not some of them and not most of them, but all of them. And I'm glad for a God that wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen this morning. I don't know about you, but I want to be soaking wet with Jesus. Amen. I want him dripping off of me. I want him dripping off of my mouth. I want Drip, i want them dripping off of my toes and my feet in the places that i go I, I want them dripping out of my mind the thoughts that i have and the intentions of the heart I, I want to be soaked in jesus and that's what god wants for each and every one of us this morning amen give god some glory i recently learned should have learned it a long time ago and i might have and forgot you ever have that problem amen that this used to be a, a word that was very common back in the day. Uh, it was actually used uh, in dyeing companies that would dye fabrics. And when they would dip that fabric into the dye, it was called baptizing the fabric. And what would happen is that fabric would take on the color and the characteristics of the liquid into which it was baptized. Now, isn't that just a beautiful picture of what God wants to do in your life today. He doesn't want you to get a dab of religion. He wants a Holy Ghost takeover in your life. He wants to touch every fiber of your being. And I don't know, I I worry about these Christians who claim the name of Christ, uh, but there's no change in their life. There's no no fruit uh, that proves that they have repented of their sins and turned their life over to Jesus. Uh, uh, even John the Baptist said bring forth uh, fruit meat uh, uh, for repentance that is uh, show some evidence uh, you coming out here to go through a religious rut and a routine he had the same problem we have today that people wanted just enough religion to satisfy their conscience but not enough to change their life Amen. Uh, but he was saying look if you really want to know what this is about you're going to have to repent of your sin and turn your life over to God your creator Amen. Uh, and John the Baptist came preaching in fire, and he said, Repent, or ye shall all likewise perish. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus came in like fashion after John the Baptist, preaching the same message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Can somebody say amen this morning? He wants you to be completely changed by the gospel. Now, what does it look like to be completely changed by the gospel let's look at our text again verse 12 said whose fan is in his hand and he will truly purge his floor by the way God's got the floor if you're his amen God has the stage if you're his amen that may not be a proper application but I like to say it that way amen and it is true God has the preeminence in your life if you claim the name of Christ or at least he should. And he said he would truly purge his flora. That's thorough. That covers every aspect of it. Amen. And I, I want to say this say it this way. Number one, God wants to purge and saturate Your mind and heart. The Bible, you remember when the disciples, uh, there were a couple of disciples after the resurrection of Jesus uh, that were walking along the road to Emmaus. Amen. Uh, And they were talking about the things that had recently transpired about the, the crucifixion of Christ and all of that. And the Bible said in Luke chapter 24 and verse number 32 that they said one to another, Did not our heart... Burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Oh, I love that verse because I, I've i experienced that burning in my heart under the preaching of the Word of God. Have you? I remember the day that I got saved on September the 9th of 1990. My Sunday school teacher was teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ that morning. And then I, the heart my heart began to burn within me as the Holy Spirit of God began to make it Personal to me and all of a sudden I realized God just wasn't speaking openly for any random person that day but he was speaking to Gary Caudill amen and he opened up my spiritually deaf ears and he opened up my spiritually blinded eyes and on that day I called on him for salvation and he saved me by his grace amen and my heart burned within me at the preaching and the teaching of the word of God that's why some people are very uncomfortable with this kind of preaching today because their hearts begin to burn within them. They begin to see the error of their way and they begin to be convinced and convicted of their sin. That is realizing they're a sinner and not only that but they have been found wanting before a holy and righteous God. They realize that all of a sudden they thought they were okay but now they realize that outside of Jesus Christ they're in trouble with God and if they don't put up... faith in Jesus uh, they will die and go to an eternal fire called the lake of fire amen and the Bible teaches us uh, that the word of God and the spirit of God will begin to do a work in your heart and he will cause your heart to burn at the preaching and the teaching of God's pure word somebody say amen this morning and that word after you get saved after you put your uh, give your life to Jesus he begins to purge your heart uh, and mind. he begins to saturate your heart and your mind. And the Bible instructs us in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You see uh, this book ought to give you the mind of Christ. Uh, this book ought to teach you how to think like Jesus. Amen. Uh, this book ought to teach you what to want the things that Jesus wants uh, and to do the things that Jesus does uh, and to say the things that Jesus says and to go the places that Jesus would go amen we call it what would Jesus do that's what we say here in our modern day and that's a very fair question to ask does your life resemble Jesus Christ that is have you carried on both the color and the characteristics of the one into which you claim to have been baptized into or are you the same color you was before you went into the baptism Waters, because let me tell you something. Unless you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can go through that baptismal pool as many times as you want to. Do oh, you hear me? But you'll just go down a wet, uh, a dry center and come up a wet center. Amen. Uh, but if you're saved by the grace of God, it's just a testimony of the something that's going on that's much bigger than the water in our baptismal waters. There's nothing holy about that water up there. But there's something holy about the Spirit of God that lives within you and abides within you and he wants to deliver you out of all your sorrows and your troubles and your sins amen I'm glad that God is able uh, to change the heart of the coldest sinner Uh, I could give testimony after testimony this morning of lives that were ruined and wrecked by sin Uh, and God changed the heart and he said I will take away your stony heart and give you a heart of flesh Uh, and some of you been cold and indifferent and religion has taught you to be cruel and st- stern and rigid and religion has taught you to be mean and religion has taught you to be cold and calloused but the Spirit of God the Bible says the letter killeth but the Spirit giveth life and when you get under some Holy Ghost filled preaching all of a sudden God's doing something for you that dead cold dry religion was never able to do for you and it stirs you and moves you and some of you get mad about it and some of you are drawn to it and I'm telling you. either way you need to make a move towards God amen because God wants to purge and saturate your heart and mind for what good is it to change a habit if the heart never changes oh yeah you, can, you might can quit sinning for a day or two might I, I kind of doubt it amen we're all prone to wander in our flesh there no, dwelleth no good thing even those of us who are saved if we don't have the aid of the Holy Spirit we're prone to wander Amen. If we don't stay in that book, we'll wander off too because this flesh seems to seek the preeminence in our lives. This flesh wants what it wants, and it's hard for it to take no for an answer. It's a stubborn thing. Can I get an amen? But let me teach you something about the power of the Spirit of God. Some of you think that you can't kick the habit. Some of you think that you can't overcome your sin. But what did he say? Whose fan is in his hand, he will truly purge his floor. And gather his wheat into the garner. This fire of the Holy Spirit of God has never met a challenge that it can't win against. Amen. It has never met a sin. The Bible says uh, that He will not lead uh, that that you'll not face a temptation, uh, that God will not make a way of escape for you. I'm telling you, the fire of God's word and the fire of his spirit is more than enough uh, to help you live the life of an overcomer as a believer. Amen, church. He wants to purge and saturate your mind and your heart. Uh, That's why repentance is not a change of habit. It's a change of heart by which the habits naturally change. Amen. Uh, And if you don't change your nature, uh, you're not going to do anything worth a hill of beans in the eyes of God. That's right. If your nature ain't changed, a dog barks because it's a dog. Sinners sin because they're sinners, amen. And as long as we, as long as humanity refuses and rejects the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will live right on in their sin. And some people try to uh, try to hide their sin. Some people try to, like I was saying earlier, just get a little dab of it uh, of religion to try to uh, maybe appease their conscience a little bit. But even that don't work because they lay awake at night. They have no peace in their heart. They have no peace with God. They, 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 they're in turmoil of their soul. Their heart and mind are, are it, twisted and knotted. And they, they, they can't seem uh, to be satisfied with the unanswered questions of their soul. Why can't I overcome? Why can't I quit sinning? Why am I so bad? It's because you've never allowed the Holy Spirit Spirit of God to take over in your life and to teach you to be an overcomer, Amen. He wants all of you, not just some of you. He starts by purging and saturating your mind and your heart. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 51 and verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That ought to be each of our prayers as believers in Jesus Christ this morning, uh, that God would create in us a clean heart uh, and renew within us a right spirit, amen, uh, so that we're not fouled up in our mind. We're not fouled up in our heart. And the Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord, whether they ain't no wonder a lot of us ain't serving God. Our mind is nowhere near the book and nowhere near the God of the book and nowhere near the will of God for our lives. So you're going to follow wherever your mind takes you. Amen. That's right. It is with the mind. You want to know how to serve God? Saturate your mind with the Word of God. Amen. Get in this book and this book will get in you. Amen. Uh, It'll make a difference. I say it this way. You read it long enough and it'll make a believer out of you. Amen. Uh, You read it long enough and it'll do it. Something will give. Something will have to move. And I guarantee you, it ain't going to be the Word of God. Hallelujah. He wants to purge and saturate your mind and heart. Number two, He wants to purge and saturate your mouth. You might as well say amen right there too. Hallelujah. James chapter 3 and verse number 6. The Bible says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Wow, what a definition. What a description for the tongue. And who could deny the truth of that definition who among us would ever dare to try to claim any goodness in the tongue of man is it not the tongue that sets, on, sets things on fire I think of the power of the tongue to give life or to give death to change the course in, uh, of, of history and mankind as we know it the power of the, the good or bad amen The power of the tongue can mend relationships or tear them in a thousand pieces. The power of the tongue can heal a marriage or completely obliterate a marriage. The power of a tongue can deceive the masses or it can win the hearts of nations and kings. I'm telling you the power of the tongue is the most powerful instrument outside of God's power himself that he has given mankind that's why it's important that's why it's uh, un- uh, uh, important to understand uh, that one of the first things God does uh, when he begins to saturate and purge your heart and mind is he begins to purge your mouth Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5. After the prophet Isaiah got a good glimpse of the glory of God on his throne. He said, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then the Bible said, then flew one of the seraphims unto me having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, "Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. You need to know that the first thing God wants to do is clean up your language. Amen. The Bible teaches us to let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is good for the use of edifying that I may minister grace to the hearers. Uh, but a lot of times uh, the biggest thing that we have trouble with is our mouth. Amen. But you know what's going to happen when somebody's baptized by the Holy Spirit of God? It'll get that department too. Amen. Because it's covering everything, remember. Your mind, your heart, your tongue. God helped the Christians. To go out and everybody knows you're a member of the church and everybody knows you're uh, this or that or the other and yet you cuss a blue streak when you get mad about something. It's getting quiet. Did not God change your heart? Then why is it not showing up in your language? You represent not just Washington Heights Baptist Church but you represent the Holy One of Israel we have no business as people of God to give ourselves the excuse uh, to let our tongue slip anytime we get good and ready to say what's on our mind God wants to clean up your mouth he wants to clean up your language He wants to teach you how to talk like Jesus would talk uh, and to speak a blessing in places of cursing, amen, uh, and to speak a blessing over people and to love your enemies and do good to those which despitefully use you and persecute you instead of giving them a piece of your mind. I'm telling you, if the Church of Jesus Christ were to be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, uh, He would remove from us uh, the evil tongue. He would remove from us uh, the tendency and the propensity to let our tongue fly off the mouth uh, and just get frustrated and flustered and just uh, just give everybody our opinion. Uh, and I tell you, I tell you, I don't what who's that preacher think he is to preach to me like that. Let me go give him a piece of my mind, or or what what did that person mean by what they said? I tell you what, I'm gonna call him up. And I'm going to tell them what I really think. And and God wants to cool your tongue by cooling your spirit. I'm talking about surrendering. Who can tame the tongue? The Bible says no man can do it. That means I, I can't do it. And you can't do it. Nobody else can do it. I'm glad he said that no man can tame it. Because he didn't say nobody could tame it. Ladies and gentlemen, if no man on earth can tame the tongue, then who may we resort to to tame the tongue? It must be the Holy Spirit. It must be solely and entirely and only the Holy Spirit of God that moves into our lives to clean up our language. And it's not just about the things He wants us to stop saying, but it's also about the things that He wants to uh, teach us to begin to declare. He wants to change your entire vocabulary. Instead of talking about all the junk and the filth of the world, He wants you uh, to become a Jesus lover and a Bible lover and a soul winner and begin to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And I told you last week, and I'll probably tell you a thousand times more, uh, the evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God is declaring the gospel boldly to this lost and dying world. He wants to purge and saturate your mouth. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse uh, 9, I've done quoted it once, but let me read uh, uh, once more because I want to give you a little more. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers, but here's the verse I haven't quoted yet, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by which ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You know what God's saying? is? He's saying, since you put your faith in my son, i got to live with you, so please make my stay a little more comfortable than by you running off at the mouth all the time. Do you realize that you, when, you, uh, when you speak unbecoming of a Christian, you're, a, you're grieving the Spirit of God in your heart? You're offending the Holy One of Israel. Oh, don't we need this kind of preaching? I need it as bad as anybody. I'm telling you, this old flesh... It gets me in trouble all the time. But I know who to go to to get help. And, and I, at least we need to be willing to admit that we've got a problem. And we at least agree with that. Amen. I know this is not a big shout or outer sermon. <laughs> Amen. This ain't one of them uh, that we can just get all excited about because it's too convicting. But sometimes we need God to plow up the fallow ground in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. And I just want to say this and I'll move on to the next point. I will hold you to no greater standard than the Word of God from which I am also held accountable. I'm not holding you to Gary Caudill's standard. In fact, I'm not holding you to any standard. The Holy Spirit's holding you to the standard of the Word of God. Amen? I'm not going to walk around and Spy on you and figure out if you're behaving yourself like a, a church member ought to behave yourself. Amen. I, I had somebody call me one time years and years ago to, t- to tell on one of my church members. They wanted me to go catch him in the act. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> if God ain't big enough to deal with him, I sure can't. Amen. And I really don't want to know what uh, your business. I really don't. Uh, I, I'll be quick to tell you, please, uh, unless there's uh, uh, two or three witnesses, we don't need to be running our mouths about people. So don't even think about it. Don't come to me with people's dirty laundry, their past sins and all that mess. It'll just backfire on you. <coughs> Not by me. The Bible says, uh, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. God will make, t- make see to it that it backfires on you. Amen. But we so get flustered with other people's tongue and other, what other people said and what other people did and We're so quick to dodge the mirror. <laughs> you know how, do you, do you realize how much more you can see in the world if you're not looking straight into a mirror? Think about this. It's a, it's a matter of focus. If I have a mirror in front of me like this close, All I can see when I look straight ahead is myself. I remove the mirror, I can see everything but myself. Isn't that just where we get? We get to where we can hear what other people said they shouldn't have said, and we see what other people did they shouldn't have done, and we fail to pull the mirror up and see that we are amongst them all. And and what God wants us to do is to hold ourselves accountable to what God expects of us in His book. And you're not going to do it in the energy of the flesh or through a religious list of do's and don'ts. You're going to do it when you fall under the leadership and direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit of God who will lead and guide you into all truth. This is not a complicated subject. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, I don't know why it has become so puzzling to people. I guess because it's been so misconstrued and been so taken out of context that Baptists are afraid to even mention the Holy Ghost sometimes. They're afraid, especially, they're afraid to preach and teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit because there are whole denominations that twist that into something else. And they have set it up on a pedestal the likes of which few of us will ever be able to attain. Are you hearing me? But hear me well. The spirit-filled life of the believer is meant for every single person. Christian, Not just the preacher, not just the Sunday school teacher, not just the deacon, amen, not just the missionary. But every single believer, God wants to saturate every fiber of your being so that you look more like Jesus and less like yourself. Can I get an amen this morning? And so this is for all of us. This is for all of us. I know we see them in the upper room in in the book of Acts. uh, And we say, oh, if we could be like the 120, maybe we could get what they got. Uh, Well, the 120 were not no better off than you were without the aid of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Uh, It's not the power of the people. It's the power of the Spirit of God uh, to do for you what only He can do. Uh, And all it takes is a yielding to Him and a willingness to follow His voice. He wants to purge our hearts and minds. He wants to purge our mouths. And lastly, I want to say he wants to purge and saturate your motions. That is your actions. God wants to get in your business, and He wants to become your business. Amen. The book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. The Bible says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then it says, For the lust... For the, excuse me, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, or that is it fights against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. Uh, and these are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You see, that's why we can't do the things that we would, because this old stinking flesh is always fighting the will of God. The Bible teaches us that right there in Galatians 5. But then listen to it. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Hallelujah. Woo! (laughs) You know what that tells me? It doesn't mean that I shouldn't pay mine to the law. Uh, What what it means is Jesus has already represented me before the Father. And I'm not held accountable to my righteousness, but to the righteousness of Jesus. But what you need to understand is the reason Jesus covers you with his righteousness is so that he can also impart to you his nature. Amen. If you want to be holy, live like Jesus. Amen. If you want to think holy, think like Jesus. If you want to talk talk holy, talk like Jesus. Uh, uh, He is your holiness. He is your righteousness. And what he's teaching us is we're not held accountable to the law of Moses. Uh, We're held accountable to the law of grace through Jesus Christ, uh, which holds us, by the way, to a much higher standard. Because in the law, if you're called in the act, you're guilty. But under grace, if you even think about it, you're guilty. Because God wanted to get deeper than the surface. God wanted to get deeper than uh, rituals and ruts and routines and methodology and all of that. God wanted to saturate your very being. And so he gave us Jesus. Hallelujah. And it said, now the works of the flesh are manifest. uh, Which are these? Uh, Need I read them? I think I will. Adultery. Fornication uncleanness lasciviousness or loose living idolatry worshiping false gods witchcraft which is also similar to rebellion because rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft which is putting yourself under the submission and leadership of satan can i get an amen hatred variance Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Uh, did I read that right? That's what it said. Revelings and such like. Now listen. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Hmm. Interesting. This is not teaching to us a works salvation. It's teaching to us that salvation works. Did you catch the difference? It's not teaching a works salvation. It's teaching that salvation works. If you say you've been baptized into Christ, but you come up looking the same, and you've not been died in the blood of Jesus thereby representing his character in your life in any way shape form or fashion then you are still of, your, uh, of the works of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do salvation works and that's why there's so many people today that have a misconception of religion they think this is religion the gospel I preach to you is not a man-made religion it's a pure and undefiled religion amen and here's the difference. Man's religion tries to reach God's heights in his own efforts. God's religion reaches man's depths in his holiness. And I'm glad that when I couldn't go to where he was, he came to me. And I'm glad that the Holy Spirit of God is doing a work in my life. And no, uh, I, I'm not perfect. Uh, and no, I won't be till I lay this. You know, whenever, whenever I finally lay this old flesh down in the grave, then it'll be dead and quit bothering me. That's the only day your flesh will quit bothering you is when you breathe your last breath. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ain't it sad that we have to wait until we die sometimes to get 100% victory? Amen. But let me tell you what. You can get a whole lot of victory before you die. A whole lot of it. I, I don't have a percentage scale for you this morning. Everybody's in a different place in their walk with God. But I will tell you this. God will work to purify you. God will work to change you. There will be the inner working of the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you into all truth, which tells me that if he's leading me into truth, then I'm not completely in truth yet. Well, if I'm not in truth yet, then I must be dwelling in some evil places, some wrong places, some untruthful places. So the only way He's going to deliver me through this maze of life until He raptures me out or calls me home uh, is by following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And if I follow His leadership, uh, Jesus even te- taught us uh, after we have uh, uh, stepped into the presence of God and we have, uh, we have talked to our Lord and we have prayed according to the model prayer, He teaches us to close the model prayer by saying... Uh, uh, deliver us not into temptation, but deli- uh, lead us rather not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Think about that. You ever had a good spiritual high with the Lord in prayer? Then you step out of your prayer room and get hit by the devil. Woo, just like that. Just flattened like a pancake. And you thought you were so spiritual that you'd never have another problem. Amen. Boy, you felt so good. I've said it when I've preached before. I feel like I could charge hell with a water pistol. And then I learned that hell's looking to charge me with something too. Amen. You better quit boasting on yourself. Your emotions will deceive you. You can have a spiritual high with God and walk into a trap. That's why Jesus said, when you exit the throne room, you say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power thine is the glory. Lord, I, I, I know I emotionally I feel stronger than I've ever felt right now. and I feel like there's not a devil in hell can rob me of my victory. But I also know that my, I, my emotions will lie to me. So as I leave your presence, Lord, lead me not to temptation, but deliver me from evil because I know the devil is wanting to set up ambushments, uh, ambushments against me and take from me everything you just gave me in prayer. Amen. I'm talking about being saturated with the Spirit of God. Living a life of victory over your sin and over your flesh. God can get us there, but it's going to take being led by the Spirit of God. And it's going to take a willingness to repent. A willingness to turn from our sin. Amen. Think about the uh, acts of the Holy Spirit. Commonly called the acts of the apostles in the book of Acts. They're not really the acts of the apostles. They're the acts of the Spirit through the apostles. Think about it. What would this Christian uh, Christianity today look like if every every believer in Christ was filled with and baptized in the Holy Spirit of God? It would change everything. It would change the landscape of Christianity in our culture. We would no longer be the laughing stock of this world. Proclaiming to be one and yet living another. By the way, the, the greatest form of deception is the form of hypocrisy. The most blind people of all are the people who are hypocrites. Because they don't see the error of their own way. Blinded. And this world sees a bunch of hypocrites. Because we have people, and sometimes we ourselves are guilty of it. Might as well say amen. Of not being completely saturated, baptized, covered, immersed in the Spirit of God. So in conclusion, this is what the baptism of the Holy Spirit looks like, I believe, by definition in God's Word. Jesus said it in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it love thy neighbor as thyself. Isn't that wonderful? See, God wants to cover all the bases. And that's what baptism in the Holy Spirit really looks like. It's not some fanaticism, it's not some confusion. It's God having his perfect will and way in every area of your life. And that is the place that we should all seek and find with all of our heart as born-again believers. So are you willing to let God saturate every fiber of your being? Let him burn out the chaff in your life so that you look like Jesus, so that you sound like Jesus, so that you act like Jesus. Everybody stand to your feet.